Welcome back to another edition of Believe in the Bronx, the Yankees podcast. Pete Caldera here in New York. Mike Stanton, three-time Yankees World Championship reliever in his Houston studios. Mike, uh, this is the uh, Christmas weekend version of the podcast. Right. Hope you're doing well. Hope the family's uh, going to have a great Christmas with you at home. First, we want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone out there. Uh, you know what? Going to watch this podcast. Uh, it's a it's a magical time of year. Whether you're down here in the warmth of Texas or you're in the cold of the north, but uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's yeah. And we haven't done this in a few weeks. You know, we really haven't talked since the winter meeting. So you know, we've got some uh, some subjects to cover here. Yes, uh, Juan Soto was an early gift uh, mm -hmm. to Yankees universe, but. Uh, they didn't get that other prize, uh, uh, right. Yashinobu Yamamoto, going into the uh, the Dodgers and the rich get richer with uh, Shohei and Yamamoto, uh, just about a billion dollars uh, between them. And then they Crazy. also get uh, uh, Glass now in a trade with uh, with the Rays. So you know the the Dodgers are set up. The Yankees are are going to be scrambling to uh, put together some pitching, uh, complete their rotation, complete their bullpen, get them get some more depth certainly. Uh, in the rotation, just first of all, Mike, just your reaction on 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 the Yamamoto deal. Well, I, I the the number is astronomical. I mean, yeah. it, it's you know you got to remember that you know there were three teams that bid on him that got to three hundred million. The Yankees were one of them. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers who end up getting him and the Mets also went over three hundred. Uh, but you're talking about a guy that has never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball. I understand this this dude is very good. Okay, you know, three time. I don't know what the name of the war uh, the award is. It's, it's Moro the, Award. Yeah, it's it was, the yeah. it's the Japanese Cy Young Award. Three years in a row, spectacular numbers. Um, but it's never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball, and you just paid him more than Garrett Cole. And I think that was the hang up for the Yankees. Was that Garrett? They get they paid Garrett Cole three twenty four, and it took three twenty five for Yamamoto to sign with the Dodgers. I think that's about where where the Mets were also. But you know, from from what you have told me, uh, Cashman and the Yankees really didn't want to go over three hundred or or anywhere close to that Garrett Cole number. Um, and you know, you gotta remember, you know, Garrett Cole is a uh, American Cy Young Award winner. Uh, and actually, he should he should be twice because the year that um, down here in Houston that Justin Verlander won it, uh, he, he was right there. They should have been co Cy Young Award. I had a vote that year. You did? Did you vote? What did, what did you vote? I voted for Verlander. Did you? Yeah. Um, Verlander I mean, had a great it, it second half. Close. He finished strong. It was. It was. It, it, that's I mean, why I said it should have been a co. It should have been a co. And, uh, right. Uh, Cy Young Award, but you know yeah. that's in the past. But you know you're not talking about a big guy. You know this guy is less than six foot. He's five ten. He weighs 175, 180 pounds. You know what does that mean? How many pitchers do we have in Major League Baseball that are true top of the rotation, true league ace uh, that is under six foot? I don't know if there's very many of them. Uh, you brought up the one that that comes to mind, and that was uh, Pedro Martinez was the last guy that, you know, wasn't a big dude, but was one of the best in all of baseball for a long time. And Yamamoto was getting paid like one of those guys, except he has yet to throw a pitch in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, from the other side of this, Mike, you know, Yamamoto was one of the most well-scouted uh, by Major League teams, sure. a, a Japanese player in, in recent memory. 
and the fact that multiple teams with a lot of cash uh, were in on him and were convinced that uh, that he'll be a, a top of the rotation starter for a long time in in MLB. Um, you know, I, I I think there's the, there's obviously some some substance there, and but yeah, sure. I mean there there is some mystery about what kind of a, a career he'll have. You know, if you watch Tanaka pitch in his first 14 starts in major oh baseball, gosh. you would have thought this was the, the, the next coming of Tom Seaver. And then uh, an elbow injury happens and and he doesn't have, he had a, a very, very good major league career, but didn't have mm -hmm. the the career you oh, no. probably thought that they anticipated he'd have before the elbow uh, went. So, Still, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of mystery uh, still surrounding sure. him. Now, he's a, listen, Yamamoto's only 25 years old. He's a three-time you know, Japanese Cy Young Award winner at 25 years old. Uh, just has been spectacular. spectacular. You know, nowadays, with all the science, all the analytics, all the video you can get, uh, how is he going to transition to the United States? I mean, that's a big question. I mean, we've seen guys uh, come into the United States and have some real issues. You know, to, you mentioned Tanaka. Uh, those first 14 starts, it, I thought he had a chance to throw a no-hitter every time he went out. His split-finger fastball was one of the more devastating pitches that I can remember. And uh, But if you remember, once the elbow happened, he pretty much put the split in his back pocket. He didn't throw it anymore. He threw a whole bunch of sliders, and you know the Yankees had to you know had to nurse him along just about every start, giving him extra time whenever he could. Uh, he was still a big game pitcher. You know, you got him in the playoffs. The dude could still rise to the occasion, uh, but you know, just was never the same after that elbow issue. Now, what does that have to do with Yamamoto? Absolutely nothing. I mean, he's a different pitcher. He's right. younger. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the wear and tear on his arms that Tanaka did, but he still throws a fastball that is, you know, we'll call it major league average. Uh, you know, every every video clip we see. You know, he's throwing 95 miles an hour. Well, he doesn't pitch there. You know, he pitches, you know, probably 93 to 94, uh, 92 to 94, something like that. Uh, he's got a very good split finger fastball. He's got a very good slider, and he can command them both. And, you know, that's always been one of the knocks on the Japanese pitchers coming to the United States is, you know, they come over throwing seven or eight different pitches, and they can't command any of them and throw them for strikes. I do feel this way, though. I think that the gap between uh, the Nippon League and the Ma and Major League Baseball, I think, has narrowed a little bit offensively. Obviously, there is still there's more power over here. There's uh, lineups are deeper, but there's also still a swing, a lot of swing and miss in Major League Baseball now, and that's something that that Yamamoto has kind of been known for. You know, averaging a little bit over a strikeout per inning. And with all that off-speed stuff, the command he has of those, he should be successful. But, you know, I'm just not ready to put him up there with Garrett Cole, who he's getting paid more than. Right. Well, I mean, regardless, the Yankees wanted him in their rotation. They don't have him now. And now yeah. they have to, 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 to pivot. And, uh, and the question becomes, where do you pivot? Uh, do you look to build up your bullpen with, with some uh, bold-faced names? Uh, which they they haven't really paid uh, you know relievers since since they they last re-signed uh, Araldis Chapman, um, right. you know their their highest paid reliever uh, is probably going to be Tommy Canely right? at, at this point right now. I mean, do you 
they have not been uh, tied to 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 Hader. Uh, they have been tied to some interest in in guys like Jordan Hicks. Uh, they could also be re-signing guys uh, that they've had in their bullpen, like right. the Wandy Peralta, uh, Keenan Middleton. But uh, I mean, those aren't the bold face names you're, you're you're talking about. But there's an avenue where they, they could build up their bullpen. Or they could take a, a flyer on uh, some other free agent starters out there. Certainly, you, mm-hmm. you know, they're familiar with Jordan Montgomery. Uh, the other uh, a Japanese star pitcher out in the market, left-hander Imaga, is is uh, is another guy that they have also scouted in the past uh, and may have more of an interest in now that uh, Yamamoto's come off the board. Um, and then there's uh, – where's Blake Snell going? And, uh, I mean, I, as we sit here now, the Yankees have not been tied to much interest in, in, in Snell. Um there's a question about whether you know he might be a fit better in, in uh, California or in another market other right. than New York. Curious how you feel about that, Mike. Yeah, I listen. Blake Snell has had two good seasons, and they've been really good. Uh, he won the Cy Young in both in both both seasons. He threw right at 180 innings, um, and that's it. No, no more than I think one. Uh, one of them was uh, 180.2 and two thirds. Um, yep. So not really a workhorse, but all the other seasons have been extremely mediocre. And he's got a problem with throwing strikes. You know, he's still got good stuff. The still got power fastballs, got a good breaking ball. You know, the 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 raw stuff is there, but still has an issue with putting the ball in the zone. And you know, that's going to be a problem. You know, especially when you know the the last rumor I heard is he's wanting seven years. Um, not sure if he's going to get yeah. that. If he does, you know, sure. God bless him and more power to him. But I know if I'm a GM, we're not going anywhere close to that. So I might not yeah. even be in negotiation if, if, if I were a general manager in Major League Baseball. That's the problem here. Even Jordan Hick, I mean, so uh, Jordan Montgomery, you're talking yeah. about a guy that, um, you know, is north of 30, is not a power pitcher, has a really good curveball, throws from a really high, eye, high uh, uh, angle, so the ball comes in at a little steeper uh, trajectory than than a lot most other pitchers. So he's got some deception there. Right. Um, but I mean, are you really gonna pay him as a top of the rotation guy? He was outstanding when he went to Texas. He was he was very good in the playoffs. But you know he's gonna warrant a really really high price tag, and I just don't know if 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 that's the right thing to do either. So. The problem is this was kind of, pitching wise. This is kind of a weak market. That's why Yamamoto was was so sought after, and I think it's one of the reasons why they decided to go ahead and post him now is because they looked around and goes, okay, yeah, there's not a whole, you know, there's not a whole lot of high end pitching on this free agent market, and I think that um, you know whether it's the posting fee or his fee itself is gonna uh, would warrant a, a very high price tag as it did getting paid more than Garrett Cole. Right. And, and where they go, I, I don't know. That's that's well, the, the biggest problem. Well, to me, that I mean, that makes the, the trade market even even that much more sure. intriguing. Uh, no doubt. Because you got three guys out there right now who, who've been named. Uh, you know, we've all heard the names bandied about in in, uh, in trade talk. Shane Bieber, uh, Dylan Cease and, and of course, Corbin Burns. Right. Um, you know, Burns is, uh, you know, Obviously, a, a frontline starter than uh, yeah. who's big uh, stuff. who will be a free agent after. Uh, Actually, all three of those guys have big stuff. Season. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then uh, Cease and and, uh, and and Bieber would would have uh, an extra year. Well, Cease Cease uh, had an off uh, year uh, in twenty three. Control, but that's you know? right. You mentioned the walks. There's another guy that uh, you know has right. had trouble. Now a he lot did. If you you don't have to go back, years, really. you go back to twenty two. You know, Cease had a good season yeah. all the way up until like right at the end of August into September. I mean, he was possibly one of the maybe the front runner, if not one of the two or three front runners for the American League Cy Young. And he's another guy. Him and Corbin Burns both have big, big power stuff. And, you know, the great thing about Shane Bieber is the dude spins the ball as anybody as good as anybody in, in the sport. He is the most polished yeah. pitcher of that group. Um, but the guy that may have may be the biggest bargain in that group may be um, Dylan Cease, just simply because he did not have a good season last year. Right. And if you know if the the Yankee brass can figure out you know a few tweaks or something to get him into the zone, um, you know you know he's got Cy Young stuff. So uh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough one though. Uh, you know when you the, the problem with all of this is. You know, the teams that have those pitchers that they're willing to trade, the three that we're talking about, they know that there's nothing else on the free agent market. So what does that mean? That means it's a seller's market. That means the price yeah. just went up uh, just because of everyone else. So not a great situation to be in for the Yankees that need arm. They may have to go, as far as the rotation is concerned, they may have to go with just quantity. They may just have to bring in a few guys that are going to give them some innings, try and build up that bullpen, and see if you can make a move during the regular season. But because, you know, uh, Yamamoto was the one guy that everyone thought was the top of the rotation guy. Uh, the rest of them, I, you just you just really don't know. The rest of them on, on the free agent market, and then you go to the trade market, obviously there's going to be a big price to pay for anybody going to return for any one of those three guys. Right, and the Yankees certainly just expended a lot of uh, young talent, seven pitchers uh, right. to to get Soto and and Alex Verdugo uh, back in return, and and um, certainly th three of those uh, pitchers led by Michael King, uh, and then mm -hmm. Brito and Vasquez were were guys who uh, you know could have been in the Yankee rotation had they not uh, parted with them. So th there's a depth issue there. There's certainly a, a wide open number five. Uh, spot in their rotation after Cole, Nestor, Cortez, Rodon, and, and Clark Schmidt. So they you know, really right now, need you know, Cortez and and Rodon to kind of and those are bounce bounce back guys, right? Yeah. At, at this point, you and know, and you know Cortez, it's health. Rodon, same problem he's always had. You know, just like we we're talking about Blake Snell. This guy, you know, I saw him make a start down here in Houston a couple years ago. It was the best starting pitcher. You know, like in a, in a short you know short segment size and and. Uh, yeah. it's the best guy that the Astros saw all year. I mean, it was 97, 98 with heavy sink, a slider that you couldn't foul off, much less get a base hit. But that's the upside. The problem is he is a roller coaster. For as high as he can be when he's really good, he can be the 180. He can be the exact opposite when he's right. not. So uh, just, a, just a, a lot of question marks that the, the Yankees have going into spring training here in just, what, a couple months. Yeah, I mean, then the then you go to you know guys like would you take a would it even be taking a flyer on a guy like Lucas Giolito in, in free agency who could another guy as you, said, you know I, I have, market still could command some yeah he's gonna you're gonna have to pay him he still got he's got good stuff also he doesn't have the big power stuff that he once did he still throws the ball well I just got a problem with bringing guys in that are a huge question mark physically. 
You know, that's that's a big problem that you're going to pay somebody. I mean, regardless of what you pay him, the question is, can you can you rely on him to take the ball every five or six days? And I don't know if the answer is yes. Yeah. Seller's market, I, I should have said. Uh, right. The other part of that, we did bring it up before that uh, was, you know, we're just bolstering up the, the bullpen a bit. I mean, there's a couple of guys in, in Houston that, that uh, you've seen a lot that uh, yeah. you, know, you, you really like. uh in Neris and, and Stanek, who uh, who could make a difference in a, in a bullpen too, as uh, as setup guys. I mean, just yeah, you know, you know both guys north of thirty. Uh, Stanek yeah. did not have a great year. Now he still got big stuff. Still throws. It seems like every time he throws the ball, it's ninety eight or ninety nine miles an hour. Uh, Neris had a career year. Okay, it's yeah. going to be really hard. I mean. This is the type of year you want going into free agency, but what right. everybody is going to ask is, can you repeat it? The answer is probably no. I mean, he was just that good. But, you know, can he give you 85% of that, which is still right. going to be a very good season? Um, you have to wait and tell, wait and see. I mean, you know, he's going to have a market. He's going to get paid. Stanek, like I said, did not have a great season last year, but still has big stuff. Kind of got in Dusty's doghouse. Uh, and you know, he has, he's another guy that at times has some struggles with putting the ball in the zone and which is yeah. even more important for a reliever. Would you take a flyer on Liam Hendricks? He, now he said, uh, recently on MLB network that, uh, he's hoping to be back by like around the all-star, yeah. uh, break, uh, after, after his elbow surgery and still, I mean, if you signed a guy like Hendricks, you'd, you'd be looking towards 25 too. So you'd, you'd have to put him under a two year right. contract, but just curious yeah. what you feel there. I think you could. I mean, because one thing you know about Liam is he is he is the ultimate bulldog. I mean, the guy is just going to come right after you. Uh, it would take a lot of due diligence to figure out, you know, how is his rehab going? You know, how the surgery go? How's the rehab going? I need to see the medicals, you know, the throwing program. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he'll be good when he gets back. Uh, but, you know, what happens if there's a setback? You know, does he have good enough stuff that if the fastball, it takes the fastball a while to come back, you know, can he, can he still get big league hitters out with the fastball that's down a tick or two? Um, you know, he always was a guy that had good ride on his fastball, so he doesn't necessarily need the high, high end velocity. Um, that might be a, the, the thing is you bring in and spend the money on Liam Hendricks. That is a addition move to any other move you're going to make. Because even if he does come back at at, uh, at at the All-Star break, that's still over half the season you're going to have to cover for him uh, in that position, you know, through the first half of the season. So, you know, that's not going to be uh, – that's not going to be an end-all move. Be, yeah. If he comes back healthy, it could be great in the second half. But, you know, what are you going to do in the first half? Right. Um, another guy I forgot to mention, Frankie Montas. The Yankees certainly, uh, you know, mm -hmm. didn't get the best out of him. Eight starts in a year and a half uh, after that trade from Oakland. But they they believe he's, you know, his shoulder is sound now. Uh, you know, he did make one appearance at the end of the year, just kind of proved that, uh, you know, he was back right. to go into the offseason, kind of have a normal offseason. I mean, if you invested all that uh, in, in trying to get this guy healthy uh, mm -hmm. and invested the players to trade to Oakland to yeah. get him, um, Maybe take a one-year flyer on him just to, to see if he can bounce back. Yeah, and listen, that's a that's a low-risk, high-reward situation. I mean, you're not going to pay him, you know, with with eight starts in two seasons, you're not going to pay him a whole lot of money. Now, you may lace it with uh, with a lot of incentives, but the only way he's going to get those incentives is is he's pitching and healthy on the field. So, 
Uh, I mean, that could be something. But again, you know, I think what the Yankees need in their rotation is they need proven commodities. They need quantity. They need innings. You know, uh, bring in a guy, uh, pitcher X, that's going to give me a four and a half ERA and is going to take the ball every five days. You know, give me 180 innings. Uh, that's the kind of guy they need. And then the high end guy, maybe they can figure out another situation. But I think they yeah. need at least one of those in that rotation. Yeah, because uh, I mean, all this said, it's a it's a big drop from uh, from Yamamoto, uh, right? However, you, you, you now we have it. to talk about uh, Soto. We got to talk about yes. Soto. I was going to get to that before we leave. We got to <laughs> we um, yes. What do you about him in the lineup? You know, you hear that you know now the Yankees have some balance. Obviously, you, you added yeah. two left-handed hitters uh, in your outfield, and Verdugo will be in left field. Soto will be in right. Judge is now your everyday center fielder. But mm-hmm. now you have the left-right balance you, you, that they have not had in years right. uh, in, in this lineup. Do you uh, you bat DJ LeMahieu at the top? Do you put uh, Soto second and, and Judge behind him? How, how do you? How would you? I don't you think so. Him? I don't think so. I mean, if DJ is is it turns back the clock to DJ a few years ago, where he's got the yeah. you know the on-base percentage up around thirty-eight percent, you know that he's getting you know he's he's getting some base hits. He shows that he's healthy. Then maybe you do that, but I think you yeah. probably put you probably put Soto right at the top. Some of it's going to be you're going to ask Juan, you know, Juan, what do you want to do? You know, it, because you want to make yeah. sure he's comfortable, and being in the leadoff and, spot is where he's been doing all his damage. Right, and you've heard that some of the San Diego guys were, were saying that uh, he he did not like batting second uh, with, with the Padres. Yeah. He, he likes to hit third. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, he's that but, kind of hitter. You know, would you rather protect Judge with him in front of him? Um, or, well, I mean, the, the way sure you that they- do that is you bat Soto first and Judge second. Yeah. And then maybe you put a DJ LeMahieu either in the fifth spot or if he's, if he's, and I, and I hate to do this because you want to make sure he gets his at bats, but in the ninth spot. Because you have to remember, a leadoff hitter is only a leadoff hitter one time in a game. And that's in the right. first inning. After that, the you know it's it's constantly moving. So the whoever's batting eighth and ninth has a lot to do with what happens at the top of the lineup. And yeah. you know you obviously want Soto swinging the bat with you know getting at bats with runners in scoring position. But I mean it's hard to say I'm not going to put Juan Soto in the leadoff spot when you're talking about a guy that has a career on base percentage of like four fifteen. You're gonna to have to go through Judge Soto and and probably uh, Rizzo, you know, yeah. coming back from uh, you know the, the concussion uh, situation. They say he's doing, you know, much better and having as as normal of an off season as Great. as you can expect. Uh, so, I mean, if you expect that that Rizzo's coming back 100 percent in in this lineup, I mean that I mean that's makes it even a more dangerous sure lineup to sure mitigate, does. obviously. And that takes yeah. pressure off the pitching staff, also. Yes, that you know the pitching uh, it, it staff, should. the starting pitcher doesn't have to go out there and and throw six shutout to get a no decision. Right, and now you've you've, you've got uh, you know down the lineup, you've you've, you've got a Verdugo, you've got a, a Glaber sure. Torres. Uh, so you know instead of having you know Volpe, instead of having those guys uh, in, in the yeah. middle of the order where they they found themselves probably too often last year, you know those guys will be you know in the, in the six seven uh, you know eight type type spots. And that'll right. just—I mean, they, they, this is the this is the balance uh, and and the length in their lineup that uh, that they've been craving for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. That's but, all true. Uh, That's all true. And, again, and that I'll tell you, you what, said, 
Soto Soto is is such a remarkable remarkable hitter that I mean they, they listen I mean yeah they missed on Yamamoto they being the Yankees but they got Soto and it was that was a that was a must they had to get one of those guys you wanted them to get yes. two they had to get one and you know you got to tip your cap to Cashman for pulling it off now it was a high price no doubt but yeah. You know, you got one of the, if not the best leadoff hitter in all of baseball. Um, just a remarkable, remarkable player at the plate. Right, uh, right. As much as they wanted to keep Michael King out of that deal, they they they, right. they couldn't. And obviously, yeah, you have to pay to get a player of this caliber. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, on the on the flip side, the, the Yankees didn't give up a, a Dominguez or a Volpe or or you know any of their their you know top three or four. Right uh, prospects in the minor leagues now, and the you know they have those to to as Cashman says uh, fight another day you know in, in another <laughs> trade situation or or, uh, or right. have them help the big league club at, at some point. But uh, right. yeah, I think yeah you they had to it was in, it was essential uh, to get Soto because if you're, you're not doing that now you're you're in the market for for Bellinger and now you're watching his numbers go uh, you know maybe past the roof. right yeah. All right. Well, that's our Christmas edition for uh, Believe in the Bronx Yankees podcast. Uh, Mike, Merry Christmas. Great to see you. Happy New Year. We'll do it again in early January. Yeah, I hope you and yours have a happy and safe uh, holidays here. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone out there. And, uh, you know, spring training's right around the corner. We're only talking about, uh, what, six, seven weeks now, eight weeks maybe. I'm feeling warmer already. All right. <laughs> we'll see you again soon. All right. Adios.